All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey guys, it's uh, Chris here. I just wanted to release this episode again just because it's been a year since we lost Jason Botchford. Um, This is uh, the interview that I did with him in 2018 uh, on December 21st, just before Christmas. Uh, he jumped on the Canucks conversation for <laughs> uh, episode five of the show. Um, we didn't have any listeners. I didn't know what I was doing with audio, and you'll be able to tell from the interview that the audio quality is horrible, but um, still to this day, it's it's the best interview we ever did on this show. Um, and I hope you guys can enjoy it, because I know um, if you wanted to go back and listen to it, some of the past episodes have been deleted uh, ever since we moved to a different uh, service for sending out the podcast. Um, but here it is. Uh, it's about 35 minutes of talking with Jason Botchford. Way back in the day, it's kind of funny. I just listened back to it, um, hearing how much of a rookie <laughs> I was podcasting. Um, my questions are are brutal, uh, but the conversation with Jason is excellent because he uh, he could have made any conversation great. So it's been a year since we lost him, uh, and I just wanted to release this episode if anybody wants to tune in and hear his voice. Uh, so this is from December 21st, uh, 2018. So it's it's been a while since this episode. We talk about uh, my favorite conversation that we have during this conversation was the one about Thatcher Demko coming up to the NHL. And uh, yeah, so here it is. I'll just get right to the episode. Hopefully you guys can enjoy this. Rest in peace, Botch. All right, folks, very happy to bring on my next guest, Notre Domus, the owner of the best two hours of sports talk radio in Vancouver, the lap-patting, hat-tipping, and giver of L's, Jason Botchford. Jason, how you doing? I'm doing I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm doing pretty good, i got to say. Not bad. Yeah, enjoying this, uh, this Friday. I guess the calm after the storm, you could say, that we just had last night. 
Yeah, by the way, like also of the athletics, so uh, of uh, of many of your uh, listeners, if I could just get the word out on uh, on subscribing to the athletic, what a great what a great time to uh, subscribe to there and and uh, enjoy the athletics, all the uh, all the other stuff we have to offer. Because I really like, I honestly, I tell people like half of me doesn't really care, but then half of me is like, fuck, like if we could. If we could get like even more writers and more, like I'm so close to being able to kind of build a little mini athletic empire. <laughs> so, uh, so if you can, anyone there listening can, can pass on the word and get your friends to sign up. Every single person helps, and because uh, I look at Toronto, eh? Toronto's got like 13 full time yeah. athletic writers. Like, like I want that. I want to rule the world <laughs> with athletic people here in Vancouver. So that's my uh, that's my pitch, Chris. I'll get that out of the way right off the bat. Yeah, West Coast represent. I wouldn't come on unless I wasn't uh, selling something. <laughs> no doubt. Well, I'm glad you're on here, Jason. And if you aren't already subscribed to the Athletic, they got a hell of a deal on right now for Christmas time as well. I think it's like three forty nine. There you go. There we go. I'll, I'll slip you a twenty next time. I <laughs> yeah, talk to the Athletic. We'll get in uh, contact. Uh, but I heard, I, wanted... uh, I heard you had my boy, boy genius on already. Oh man, the kid's unreal. Yeah, he'll be the first half of this episode. Boy, genius! You guys already heard him. Like, ah, oh, the kid's just a Dude. genius. What is it? What is it that you like so much about what Harmon's doing? Dude, do you know? Have you know? Do you know him? Have you met him before? Uh, <laughs> just in that interview, that's what I learned about him. Oh man, like it's hard to remember. Like when I see him in person, I just actually met him in person the other day because uh, I actually thought it was a, a pretty cool thing. Like the Canucks decided to, and this is actually kind of news so i'm dropping this on your show no one else really knows about this and i didn't write about it didn't end up writing about the athletics but the, the canucks wanted to reach out to uh some of the main analytics guys in the city and um and to to try to start having connections with those guys and they brought a collection of them uh, daryl keeping um harman jeremy davis and Ryan Beach, and they were all at the game, I think it was Tuesday, mm-hmm. all together to meet with a kind of like a meet and greet with the Canucks analytics crew. So uh, so I thought that like that was pretty neat. Like we, I think that as a city and the relationship between the Canucks and, um, and that component of the market and that component of, uh, of the market that analyzes the team and follows the team and does a lot of like a lot of the work they do is like painstakingly detailed. Like yeah. Harmon will sit there and he'll watch game at, like sec- replays after replays, games after games, and break down. You know, he'll do it all by hand. It's not like he's going out and and oftentimes just looking up NHL.com numbers. So, anyways, I thought that that connection was cool because it hasn't always been that relationship between the, the Canucks. The, the people that do analytics for the Canucks and, and those that do them for the athletic and also Canucks army. Um, and that's the first time I had met, I believe, I think it is like, fuck, I, I think cause we, we had an event he was supposed to go to earlier in the year for the athletic, but it was at a bar and he's 18. He's not allowed <laughs> the bar. He was, was like 19 and old. He wasn't allowed in. Yeah. My guy, main guy. But, uh, but uh, I had him working on something and he said, he's going off to Cuba for a week and he'll do it when I, when he gets back. But, I saw him, I was like, man, like, I forget how young he is until I see him again in person. I'm like, damn, like, this guy is, like, he's legit 18. But when you read him and when you talk to him and when you go back and forth with him, like, he he has, like, 
I mean, he sounds, he comes across, and, and the, the way he thinks, it's as if he's a, a man who has multiple degrees, and he's either well into his 20s or his 30s. Um, so it is cool talking to him. I don't know what kind of conversation you guys had, but I'm, I'm glad that you had him on. Yeah, no, it was an unreal conversation, man. We went on for 30 minutes, and like I didn't even look at the time. Near the end, I was like, oh, shit, Harmon, I'm sorry, man. It's been over 30 minutes here. And he's like, man, this has been great. So, like, the kid's nice. a genius. He knows hockey. And he, know, he knows how to find the in-between of, like, the stats guy and the eye test guy. And that's what we kind of talked about in the interview. But let's get into a couple other athletic writers as well. You, Mike Halford, and Jason Bruff. It's been deemed the best two hours of sports talk radio in Vancouver. The Power Hour on TSN 1040. How do you three pull off that Power Hour, making it the best two hours of sports talk radio in only 60 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> it's hard work. It takes it's a lot of dedication. It's uh, a lot of practice. I've been. I got up. You know, I had a game last night at one, and then I got up at four a.m. today, and I started practicing power hour. <laughs> so, but honestly, those guys make it. And you know, you're a listener. I mean, they make it super easy. And and uh, like I, I enjoy that. Like that particular radio. Um, like I enjoy. Not everything has to be a fight. In radio, not everything has to be an argument, and sometimes you agree, and sometimes you don't. But I like like that. The, there's a theory that some like there's a lot of differing theories in the two stations, among the stations themselves, between the stations, and the, among the different hosts. Right? Like some people say, uh, I don't want to talk about the Canucks fourth line. I don't want to. That's one of the big things, right? Like if you talk too much about the Canucks, you're, you're talking about the fourth line winger, and I'm like, fuck man, I'll talk about, like I'll honestly talk about the fourth like if it's Antoine Roussel, I'll talk about him for days. I'll Fucking talk, Utica's like, second line you could bring up that. <laughs> yeah, and like last year when Ben Hutton was a hot topic I'm like, I honestly could talk Ben Hutton for 72 hours straight <laughs> like just nothing but Ben Hutton, but I like I like the minutia, right? Like I like getting into, uh um, a, a lot of the details, and and I think uh, Bruff and Alfred kind of lean toward that way. And, and there are there are organic times when uh, when they don't agree, when I don't agree, and, and they're smart guys. And, and uh, so uh, the, in situations like that, like radio is it's super easy. And I think that that particular hour is, and it's so easy. We're having an event at the Real Theater, the Power Hour Live, January thirty first. My second plug. I'm going to break records, I think, on your (laughs) podcast for plugs. But uh, (laughs) but I I used to do their like their show like back when I don't know if you heard back in the day when they had the Curtain Blog Radio. Oh yeah, and I'd do that. Yeah, I do that once once a week, and I'd lose my mind about something. And like, there's always something I'm super aggravated about. (laughs) Like, and it. But it's not a joke. Like I'm yeah. fucking. I, like I'm fucking. Like I just like I you don't know, even wake up mad. And like my wife's like, "Why are you so mad?" And I'm like, "Cause Demko's not in the fucking NHL." And she's like, "What? What are you talking about?" He's like, "Man, you need I'm a like, break, Whoa. Jason. I see why you take these breaks and let uh, let the sanction yeah, get involved." I mean? but no, but it is frustrating when I see like like the more I think about it, and the, this is the the curse of it all. Because the more I think about it, the more kind of angry I get about it. When I think, like, the guy is 23 years old. He's played over 100 games in the AHL. And the Canucks have this backup they don't care about. He's not going to be around. He's on an expiring deal. He's on his way out of town. And I see all I see Carter Hart. Like, yeah. Carter Hart. I'm sitting there watching Carter Hart, Chris, this week. 
and I'm watching him come up and I'm watching him answer. Like he's actually got the same uh, sports psychologist as Holpe, who's this John Stevenson guy, like oh. super bright. Yeah, like I don't know if you've seen any of the Carter Hart interviews, but they're fantastic. Like he's yeah. done. I wouldn't say fantastic, but he. He's, he's got the right attitude, right? He's a lot more Everyone, mature like, than there, a there's, a, there's a huge percentage of people that say Carter Hart's going to get broken mentally. It's going to be too much, too much pressure, too much this, too much that. I look at him and I listen to him and I think this dude is going to be fine. Like they keep asking him, like, how do you feel about the goalie graveyard? Do you think Philly's going to sink you? And, and like he's got all the all the right answers. Like it doesn't, it, you could just tell, right? It doesn't phase him at all. And he's saying, all of those situations of the past have nothing to do with me. I'm here. I'm in my own situation, and I'm on my own. I'm my own person. And he's a hundred percent on point. This this John Stevenson Holpe guy is a genius himself. I I think though that I've heard, and I I think that Carter Hart's going to do terrific. But it's hard for me to watch Carter Hart at 20 years old get these opportunities when I know for sure. When I know for sure. Demko feels ready, feels he's been ready to play in the NHL for a long period of time. I He won't say this. I'll say this part. Utica sucks. <laughs> no one wants to be in Utica. No, dude, like, honestly, it sucks. Like, I don't know if you've been it's to that part of the United States, but, like, that upstate New York, uh, Steel Town shit, like, it's fucking depressing. It yeah. is. Sorry. And it's, wor- it's, it's worse than the winter. Like, I used to... <laughs> I've been there. I've been there. <laughs> Glens Falls, Utica, all that shit. It's not. It's not a great life. And to be there when you're a top prospect, and the people I trust who break down numbers believe in the past two years he's been a top two goalie outside of the NHL. Okay, if you're a top two goalie outside of the NHL, you got to get your fucking chance, right? You oh. got to get. He's got to get your chance. So. When I don't see him getting his chance, and I know, like, and the Canucks are like, no big deal, no big deal. They'll, he'll get a shot when he does. Yeah, when? Like, he's going to be a backup next year at 24, and then he's going to be a starter at 25, 26, or maybe 26, 27. And just why, why wait? He's It's 100-plus games. He'll handle it perfectly. And that it's not like I think the Canucks always handle it wrong. I think they handle it great with Patterson. And I was saying in the summer, like, put the kid at center. Give him every opportunity to thrive. Give him the big minutes. They did all that right off the bat fucking took off. I'm telling you, I think Demko could do the same thing. And when I see him not getting that chance, when I see it, and I know that he desperately wants it, he desperately thinks he's totally ready for the NHL, it's hard to take, Chris. Like, this is what I have to live with. (laughs) No, I agree, and I think the fact that he went over 100 games, that's such a shocker. It's like, fuck, get him, and he's improved every year. You look at what he did at Boston College, his save percentage went up all three years he was there. He's done up to three years here in Utica, aside from what he started off, and it's been a little bit of a slow start for him, but that save percentage has jumped up. I mean, 922 last year in the AHL. You talk about him being one of the best goaltenders not in the NHL right now. I think he needs to come up, and like you mentioned with Nielsen, like, who cares? I think the best thing that Nielsen can get you back, whether it's a trade or a wave, is a spot for Demko. I don't care if it's a seventh-round pick. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted him in in Valentine's Day. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. <laughs> I'm trying to, man. Lap hat. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, that's right. Like, like kind of steal my thunder a bit. But, uh, but, but yeah, and... <laughs> 
Um, but he, and the other thing, and the, and I've made this point lots of times. Like he's not going to start learning the NHL until he gets to the NHL. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is, he's not going to start learning Ian Clark. Like Ian Clark's like spent all these been working with Markstrom. Like, okay, here's another guy. Markstrom's been on a great run, right? Like, six straight wins for the first time in his life. He's got a 940-something save percentage in those six straight wins. He's never played this great. Uh, Woodley was on... Woodley was just... Kevin Woodley just tweeted out today that another goalie coach said to him, like, he looks different. Like, this guy, this is not the same goaltender. He plays totally different. And to that, I say... Yeah, he's been working with Ian Clark. Ian Clark's yeah. made some significant changes. Significant changes. It's taking. Where are we now? We're December twenty first. Yeah. Like the season started when September. Now Markstrom is an established goaltender in the NHL already. It took him that fucking long <laughs> to figure out these changes that Ian Clark has been making to the guy. Right? Yeah. How long is it going to take Demko? True. So let's get him on. Like. What we're just going to wait for him to show up next September, and then the, the changes are going to get start implementing then, and then he's going to start getting working out the kinks over the first four months, and then what? At the end of the year, he's finally figured it out. Let's get on that fucking road right now. Yeah, there's no point in waiting. No one, no one has a good argument right now. Yeah, not Green, not Cluche, not Clark, not Jim, not Aquilini, not anyone. Has a good argument. Tomlinson, who always argues about this, <laughs> none of them have a fucking good argument to explain that there's any reason that Demko should spend another day in the AHL. He wants this. Chris, I'll tell you right now, goalies get screwed in multiple different ways. But if you're a top goalie prospect, how many Carter Hearts are there who get the opportunity at 20? Very few. Yeah. And that's why we're all like, oh, look at Carter Hart. Look at this. What happens to Norton, great 20-year-old forwards? They're Elias Patterson and they're playing 20 minutes a game and it happens all the time! Does yeah. that not make you mad? It does make me <laughs> mad, Jason. I'm mad about it myself. I've been calling for Demko. He's improved, like I said, every single year. Nielsen has been trash. He's an absolute throwaway for me at this point in the season. And you know what? The biggest thing for me is Demko needs to see what the NHL speed and shots are. That's how he's going to develop. If he comes up and plays, I mean, this is what I wanted to throw at you too, because you've talked about Project Cable Box so much. Do you have another project that, do you think this is too much if they get rid of Markstrom? Because he's been very impressive. Oh, yeah, I know. They're not. That's not. That's all. I see people joking about that, but he makes $4 million next year. It's just, it's just too much. And plus they like, you know, Green likes Markstrom and Markstrom's the guy and they've, they never really gave Nilsson a chance to be the guy, to be honest with you. But Markstrom's the guy. I, you know, I've, I've come to terms with that. Markstrom's going to be the guy that's going to shepherd Demko into the NHL, and that's the guy that that they've chosen, handpicked. That uh, it's going to be the starter when Demko's here. And I mean, unless they make big changes in the summer and decide to bring, bring in a Bobrovsky or something, which I'm still not out of the question. I still yeah. think that there's potential of that. Um, and the longer here we go without Demko playing in the NHL, the more I start, you know, I, I tend to like, like if you were, okay, if you were from their perspective and you thought, you know what, like maybe we should get a Brofsky, like then you, then you don't bring up Demko. Then, you know, then you got all the time in the world for Demko to come around. So then you're like, fuck it. Like, let's just leave him there and we'll bring him up next year. So yeah. 
I, I don't like the sounds of that. I don't want to see that happen. I want Demko around the young guys. I want him around Ian Clark, and I want him to start figuring out shit with, with Markstrom. I, I think that that's – I don't think he can – like, he just – there's no counter to that. It just <laughs> is. But, but no, like, Marks, he just makes too much money, and he's not great enough. No one's – I just don't see them willing to trade a guy who Green plays this much. Like, he – he plays Markstrom more than almost any other goalie in the NHL plays. Like yeah. he clearly really likes the guy, which fair enough. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hey, Green. I'm not here to take away your Markstrom. I just want Nilsson gone. <laughs> I just want to so take away your Nilsson. <laughs> yeah, we just want want Nilsson gone, and we want Demko getting starts. It's not that complicated. Yeah. No, Jason, we could go on about goalies for <laughs> the whole 30 minutes, but I got to get something That's else in here. I mean, people want to know. Cut me off and move on to the next. Yeah, let's move on. Um, on the first episode of the podcast, and yes, Jason, I listened back to every single episode before we did this interview. On the first episode of the podcast, you talked about a possible line of Sven Berchi, Elias Pettersson, and Brock Besser. Assuming that Berchi will be returning to the lineup, I mean, hopefully pretty soon, do you think that that could still be an option? Or what do you think happens to the top six, guys like Levo, Can you tell Goldobin? me, like, when, when you say the like, when... When did I say that? Did, did you hear me say that in the summer? Did you? Is it spring or was it this fall? First one of the season of the podcast, so the new ten forty version. Right. So it was September, right? Yeah. It was like the first. It was because the first one we did there was like the first week of September. Yeah, right? I think you guys were at the development camp. Uh, we were at development camp, yeah. right? And who was talking about Pedersen? Like that must have sounded incredible, right? Because I remember <laughs> myself saying, yeah. start Pedersen at center and give him scoring players. And I don't know if you remember at the time, but there was this big talk that Pedersen was going to play the wing with Sutter. Fuck no. And Pedersen, do you remember that? Yeah, I remember. And Pedersen had, st- Pedersen had a start in the wing and he needed defensive. <laughs> Anyways, I, I'm glad that someone out there has, has listened back and, and subconsciously, I know you were hat tipping me when you were listening to it. But you know, you know. do I think that that's possible? Yeah, sure. I, like I like like I saw someone was sending me that in the last ten games, Pedersen's shots are way down. Like he's down to like seventeen shots on net in the past ten. Yeah, and Horvat's at twenty eight in that time. And my first thought was, you know what? He's not playing with Goldobin enough because Goldobin makes the play. Like Goldobin's whole thing is like making plays to set up. Uh, DKP. So uh, I I, like conceptually, I see where I was thinking. My my September self was thinking, but now you know I I, I'm I've come to the idea that Goldobin is the best for him. Like I I, and uh, it was actually it was in training camp. I don't know if I mentioned. You can tell me if I mentioned this. I think I mentioned on one of the podcasts. But uh, when I was sitting, I had like. I watched it the entire, it was the first scrimmage of all of training camp, first yeah. team on team scrimmage. And I got to sit, I did the whole thing sitting beside Thomas Gardine, just shoot about stuff. Like, you know, just, I was interviewing him, we were just talking hockey. It was great, man. Like, he is, he's an awesome guy mm-hmm. to sit down and talk puck with. But, but he, like, right away, he's like, great. Like, he was stoked that Goldobin and, um, Pedersen were playing together. Like he's the, he's actually the guy that that called this, uh, and I'm sure he had influence in the decision to to try them together because in, he was going over like rush by rush. He's like, look where Goldobin is here. Look where Pedersen is here. Look where they crisscross the ice here. Like these are two players who were thinking the game the same way, and he was calling out shots, like saying like this is what they're gonna do, and then they did it. Uh, it was awesome, 
And it was then that the light bulb really went off for me. And I'm thinking like, man, Goldobin and, and Patterson can be really good together, but you're, you're never quite sure, especially with the way Green kind of treats Goldobin. Yeah. Uh, but uh, like, I'm not, I'm not like, I, and I think I must have said at the time, like, I, I think Berchi kind of thinks similarly. Like, I, I, I like the way that Berchi thinks offensively. I think it could be Goldobin like, and I, and I, you know, it's, it's worth trying. It's, it's, I think that's a better fit than Levo, to be honest. I don't really yeah. like Levo with those two guys. That's kind of where I wanted to go from I here. I think that they need, like, I don't think Levo's, yeah. to me, Levo's not creative enough. He's, yeah. And, and I, I just, I just think that if, if you got, the shooter and Besser on one side, and you got the super creative playmaker slash sniper in the middle. I think you need another super creative guy on the other side. I'm not going to say it's Sedin. Like it's not. They're nothing like the Sedins. <laughs> Patterson will never be anything like the Sedins. But I do think he needs another like super offensively creative thinker, a guy who can. I, I'd rather have more of a playmaker on that side. And, and Berchi can score goals. Uh, but he's like his shot's not great. He, he scores those goals. Like the, if you watch him play, like is is uh, he doesn't have a great snipe. He doesn't have a great slap shot. He doesn't pick corners. But he fucking he makes goalies move in a way that opens up holes mm-hmm. uh, that allows him to to sneak those shots through. And he's he's um, he's had a super high shooting percentage in his time with the Canucks. Like I remember looking at it in the summer and it was like top twenty the nhl and it's not it's not because it's a laser it's just because he's great at creating movement making goalies move creating holes and then finding those holes with his shot so am i against that idea no no not at all i, I tend to think goldobin is the best with uh with petterson but i'd rather see bear cheese than some of the other options yeah bought you too good i'm trying to like fill in here and tell you like i was gonna bring up the shooting percentage and then you just go into it i'm like ah oh, god damn it oh did you, you knew that <laughs> i wanted to bring it up but i'm like you know what he's probably gonna get it here anyways <laughs> um the last thing i wanted to kind of get into was josh levo obviously he's been playing on the first line you could call it the first line with horvat and vertan and i really like vertan and playing with horvat and it was something that Harmon really dove into when we talked about it is two guys that actually put pressure on the goaltender with just driving to the net and he wants a guy like berchi that can hop into that first line but do you think that Levo, I think he fits better in a bottom six role in this Canucks team. Where do you kind of see him fitting when Berchi does return? Yeah, I, yeah, I like, did, did Harm bring up his whole third scoreline theory? Yeah, yeah, he said, well, <laughs> he, he even, he was pissed about Sam Gagne too. Oh, but let, yeah, let's not go down that road, please. <laughs> no, no, I know, but I'm just like, he's super, like he talks about it all the time, he's super chapped <laughs> that they don't have a third line that can score. Yeah. And, uh. I, I side with him. Like, did he bring up Walmart? He really wanted Walmart. <laughs> did he bring up Walmart? I don't think he did, actually. Oh, okay. Because that's a guy he really wanted in the offseason. He ended up signing with Carolina. He's been really good. Ah. But uh, he's been a, a good, like, uh, bottom nine, I guess I'll call it, center. Yeah. And uh, who is offensive-minded. And, and Harm, he actually kind of need like, he got me on this one, and, and he's right. That. Like, I was always bothered about the Gagne thing because they signed Gagne after a season where he was awesome in a fourth line and he put up 50 points and then they never used him at the center on the fourth line. Like, they never yeah. built, they bought a guy who was amazing on the fourth line and then they never fucking used him on the fourth line. Like, that's what drove me crazy. And then Harm said, pointed out to me that, you know what, it would make a lot more sense if one of these bottom six lines was, uh, and actually, I'll, I'll I'll circle back to like a super important 
point uh, of of that a topic people should be talking more about, and it relates to just this. But Harm was saying, like, if you look at Sutter and Beagle, and you have two defensive lines in those in the bottom six, then then what happens when, like, for instance, Darlene arrives, Jonathan Darlene, yeah, and he's not working. He's not working one of those top two lines. Like, where does he go? Like, then you guys got to play Sutter or Beagle or 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 where? Then you got to pitch him back to the AHL because he doesn't really fit in one of those guys with lines. And he always makes the point if you had that kind of third scoring line and you buried it in a protected role, maybe as your fourth line, then if Levo's not you know thriving with Horvat, you can bump him down and. You, with with a center that can still score and he can explore all those offensive instincts he has and for Tannen the same and when Darlene arrives the same and the point that this brings me back to is as a question I brought up in the athletic in the athletics last night like would you like is now the time to move on Brandon Sutter yeah. because you're never going to have a third scoring line as long as you have Beagle and Sutter in the lineup. Now, Sutter is on, like, all the attention is on Edler. What should the Canucks do with Edler? And I get it because he's on an expiring deal. Sutter, I promise you, is their most coveted veteran. Like, they, I, I saw the teams that were lined up in the summer to, that, you know, pushing the Canucks to trade him to them. And it included the Kings and it included the Sharks and it uh, included the Ducks um, and the the, the penguins the penguins were one of the teams yeah. that uh there was five of them so um so i do think that you can generate a market for brandon sutter and i mean if you did that and you had sam Gagne as your third or fourth line center is that such a bad world no i think that that it's actually something that they should be talking about and they're, they're having their pro meetings in january and I, I i believe it's a topic you have to address because they have been playing really well and you are in a situation where Horvat's playing 20, Pedersen's playing nearly 20. Do you really want to squeeze Sutter into this lineup and have him back up playing 18 and a half, 19 minutes? Because I know Green's going to do that, right? Like, mm-hmm. You do know that. Green can't help himself. He's going to play in 19, <laughs> 19 minutes. And then what? Then Horvat gets cut back a minute. Then Elias Pedersen gets cut back a minute. I don't like any scenario where those guys are playing significantly less. All of this playing time has been amazing. For yeah. Bo Horvat, like this is what he's wanted from the day he arrived in the NHL. He wanted to be the complete. Trust me in every situation. I'm going to carry, you know, like Santa Claus in a bag of presents. Some days I'm going to carry <laughs> this team on my back, and uh, I'm going to shut down McDavid's. I'm going to play against Point and Kucherov's. I'm going to blow up when we play up the bad teams. I'm going to kick ass like I did against the Blues. Like this this week. Like, I said this to him last night. I said, like, is this your week? Like, is this the player that you've been striving for, like, your entire career, like, almost your entire life to be this guy, to be playing 20-plus minutes, to be going up against McDavid in one game, Kucherov the next, and then scoring like you did and leading the way in this Blues game? Like, is this who you wanted to be? And he goes, yeah. And this is always what he wanted. And... Do I want him to take a step back when Sutter comes back? No. I think that this is all, like, this is, honestly, the Sutter injury is the best thing that could have happened to Bo Horvat because he's been out of the lineup for seven weeks, and Horvat has totally accelerated his development, and he's changed the paradigm. Like, I think about him differently now than I did even, like, it's incredible, but I'm telling you, I think about him differently now 
than I did in October. If in October you told me Horvat's going to go out there and he's going to go head to head against all the top lines and he's going to be a point a game player, I would have said, "Fuck no, that's crazy. <laughs> you can't do that." No, dude, like we all would have said that. Yeah, we all would have said that. What, you know do you think I mean? it's and changed because the Sedins left? Do you think that's opened up the door for him for this man, as well? This is this is the great thing about the NHL that you have to in hockey. This is the big secret to the whole thing. It's about opportunity, man. Mm-hmm. It's about deployment. It's about giving the guys a chance. And um, it's it's what Vegas did. They said, William Carlson, fourth line, come on over here. Here's top six. Here's premier minutes. Go out and play, man. Go out and dance. Marcus so O'Reilly Smith, you're struggling in Florida. Guess what? You're on a top line here in Vegas. Dance. <laughs> and he goes out and dance. Like, they all did it, man, that whole team. Boston didn't believe in Colin Miller. They didn't. And other teams, I know, I know people on other teams that said, we want Colin Miller. Go get us Colin Miller. Trade for Colin Miller. And they said, if Colin Miller is so good, why does Boston not like him? Well, guess what? Vegas liked him. Yep. Vegas brought him in. Vegas gave him an opportunity, and he led them all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals. Him, Nate Schmidt, all of those guys. Opportunity. And it really fucking bugs me. Talk about another thing that makes me mad. I didn't even write about this. But Palmu, Petrus Palmu. Yeah. Okay? You know how many minutes Petrus Palmu was average? He played 12 games. Any idea what he averaged in minutes? Was he averaged nine? 10 fucking minutes a yeah. game. 10! Eight minutes at even strength. Always in a bottom six role. Always in a checking role. Every single time. Go look at all the game locks. Okay? Mm-hmm. And he gets sent back to Finland, and all these guys are saying, oh, Palmu played his 12 games, he didn't score, he never had a chance. He never was given a fucking chance. Opportunity. Okay? It's opportunity. And no one can succeed playing eight minutes a game. A guy that can't succeed playing eight minutes a game. He's doing the best he can. He's showing up when he can. Yeah. But it's not its not fair to him, I don't think, that he's always around seven or eight minutes. I know they'll say, oh, it's best for his development, whatever. But there's lots of games you can get him. He, he should be playing more, man. He should be playing more. He scored a great goal off his own rebound yep. last night. Going to but the it's net, about... Yeah opportunity and that brings me back to where this whole thing started right because why because <laughs> Temco needs a fucking opportunity <laughs> and that's why I'm mad all the time when I see stuff like this and, like how can you not be mad knowing all this yeah man <laughs> we know too much you and I <laughs> it's a high percent man it, I love how you brought it back to Temco I mean hell it just keeps going back to opportunity in the end and that's something that management's kind of made happen though on their own right well I'll tell you what who's thrived the guys that got the chances to right yeah Stetcher right into the NHL great look at him develop amazing yeah opportunity Hutton same thing great first year <clears throat> um, you know they had a they had to kind of whip him back into shape last year fair enough but He's been he's been really good this year. Opportunity again. He's been getting the big minutes. He's played like twenty three. I think he led him and Goodbranson led all of their defensemen yeah. in minutes last night. They're they're using him as a top pairing guy. Chance, you know, how much ice are you going to get? Who are you going to play with? That's another huge factor that that gets. That's another thing that I marvel at Horvat because Horvat's not really playing with top six wingers. <laughs> not really. You know, no. still Bertan is still figuring it out and. They've thrown him, uh, 
Fucking Leave Tim Schaller for a while. Schaller, they throw him Erickson. Like, like go through the list of guys he's had to play with, and it's bananas that he's been able to go up against top lines every single night for seven weeks and been virtually at point a game. 25 games, he's got 24 points in the games without Sutter. Yeah. Like, that does not, that should be getting way more run in this city. That should be getting way more attention. 10 goals, 14 assists in 25 games without Brandon Sutter, and he's been playing with, uh, you know, they're <laughs> not plugs, but I love, I, you know, I really want Vertana, but he's still figuring it out, man. Yeah. He's got, you know, and Chawlers and Leipzig. Leipzig's barely even in the NHL. He's played like a ton of games with Horvat in this stretch. Yeah, and the fact and he's putting up that many points. away, and he's just said, get lost, Leipzig, you're gone. <laughs> 37% of the time he starts in his own zone as well. I mean, the fact that he's doing what he's doing is, like, put the fucking C on his chest already. If you could have looked in the okay. future and seen that this is what's going to happen, there would have been no way I don't think they had the C on his chest at the start of the year. No, they had, no one knew. And yeah. I'm telling you, we didn't even, October you and October me had no clue that no Horvat would be able to do this. And you and I love the guy. His dad, honestly, his dad, like, I saw his dad last night. <laughs> he's like, he was so jacked. Like, I saw him, I was on my way back up to, to write the athletics and and uh, like he's always telling me like give him the minutes man give him the <laughs> minutes and and I'm like and I said to him I go Tim you knew you knew <laughs> and he goes he didn't say fucking right but he said yeah man I knew I always knew this is London bow this is London Horvat yeah. this is the way that London used them and they're finally using them and uh, and it was awesome like and he's in town and he's jacked and. Like I like that whole like that whole Horvat scene is awesome and a hundred percent he should have the C on his jersey. Yeah, couldn't agree with you more, Jason. I won't keep you any longer. I feel like Horvat. I feel like I've been going up against the first liner this whole time. This has been a great <laughs> interview. Uh, so okay. check out the Athletics. I mean, or subscribe to the Athletic for the Athletics. Yeah, subscribe. Hit the Power Hour up. Go to the live show. Anything else, Jason? <laughs> That's good. Got me covered. <laughs> you don't got a third thing to plug. <laughs> No, no. <laughs> Gotta go forget about all this so I can be calm, serene, yeah. and do some parenting. Yeah, I was wondering if I was going to get angry, Botch. I seen him come out a little bit there. <laughs> yeah, you got a little bit, man. You got a little bit. Like, right. but I also gave you a window in why I'm so angry. Like, there's a lot to be angry about. It's good. I think we, yeah, we kind of did a, maybe I'll call the episode a deep dive into angry Botch. I think we went there. Yeah, I think you did. <laughs> I think that's awesome. a good, good label for it. This has been great, and it's funny, you gave so much praise to Harmon, but he gave so much back to you, man. It was such a mutual respect from you guys. You know what, I, like, I honestly, I think the world of the kid, and I'll, I'll do what, I'll do, I'll back him any, any day of the week. Like, I honestly, I want, he's going to do great things, he really is, so uh, I, try, I try to help those guys when I can, and, uh, <clears throat> but, but he makes it easy on me, man. <laughs> he loves the nickname, by the way. He says it's 100% up to you, and he loves the nickname. <laughs> All right. Well, whether I, I I make him love it, you know that, right? <laughs> like not like he, it's not like he can say he doesn't. Awesome, Jason. We'll close out on this. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. As a guy who's a huge fan of your writings, your work on TSN, your work on the podcast, this is this is huge for me. I really appreciate it. Okay, Chris. Talk soon. Awesome. Thanks, Jason. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.